0: Welcome to BlitzCast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt.
1: Welcome to uh, BlitzCast number 111. I'm Alex, I'm going to bring in Ed Hunt very shortly. Uh, We're going to talk about football today. We're continuing to recap the division's. And the first division that we're going to do today, uh, we're going to talk about the NFC South. And let's start with the Atlanta Falcons, They They still have a lot of firepower on offense with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. They brought in Todd Gurley, and I'm sure they're hoping that he can give them a healthy year. They still have a pretty good offensive line out there. I think the, the major question mark is still going to be the defense. But they tried to address that during the draft to go with the cornerback from Clemson with the 16th overall pick in the first round, which was AJ Terrell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this was like maybe the best pick that they could have had, but I I, I do I do like the pick. I think it's a good enough pick at 16. Um, I I would have thought they would have maybe gone somewhere else. I mean, maybe. I know Christian Fulton, you know, lasted until the second round, but I mean, maybe like a Christian Fulton might have been a better pick here just, you know, I like his tape a little bit better, but um yeah, this was a good enough pick there.
1: Uh, With the second-round pick, I was one of the people. I thought Marlon Davidson, the defensive lineman from Auburn, because of his versatility, I I thought he deserved to go at the end of the first round. I felt like maybe teams like the Packers or the Titans were going to pull the trigger. That didn't occur, and Marlon Davidson was chosen with the 47th overall pick. I I love the versatility that he can give the Falcons, but it seems like he's going to play that that four three defensive tackle, that that three technique for them.
0: Yeah, I th- I think he'd be more of a situational pass rusher from the interior to start. And then I mean I think I think as his career evolves, I think he'll he'll be a defensive end, you know, on that four-man front. I would say my favorite pick Ed,
1: for the Atlanta Falcons was Matt Hennessy. Uh the center from Temple. Uh, he really became a better player uh, during his junior year, you and I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and I thought he was one of the the better interior offensive linemen. I just love this guy's quickness and his technique and his ability to get to the second level. I honestly will go down on record and say that Matt
0: Hennessy was my favorite pick for for Atlanta. And I agree with you. I, I especially getting him in the third round. I mean, I just remember tweeting out, you know, in, uh at the Senior Bowl just. You know the way the way he just uh, you know he just he was just fighting in those practices. You know what I'm saying? He was just it was just like a dog fight. It was a knock him down, drag him out fight. Um, you know, and I just love that physicality. I mean, it just it just showed that this guy really wanted to be a pro. And so um, I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a really nice pick. He's a guy who can play guard for them too. Um, but yeah, I I, I really I, I'm really a fan of Matt Hennessy.
1: The Atlanta Falcons had three picks on day three. Were you a fan of any of them? Um, I mean, they chose Walker, a defensive end slash linebacker from Fresno State with that fourth-round pick. Then they spent uh, a pick on the fourth round on Hawkins, the safety out of Cal, and then they spent a seventh-round pick on a punter uh, from Syracuse. Did you, were you a fan of any of
0: those picks? I like the Michael Walker pick. Uh, you know, he was he was a guy who was a college defensive end, and you know, playing at a smaller school like Fresno State. I think what what he really will do is I think he'll be like that kind of like downhill linebacker. I think you put him in that kind of role, and I think he I think he make that position switch, and I think he actually has a pretty successful career in the NFL. All right,
1: let let's find out your grade for the Atlanta Falcons. Did Do do you think that they improved uh, with their selections in the 2020 NFL draft? And what's your grade?
0: You know, I I, I would probably give them, I'd probably give them like a B minus. You know, I I, I wasn't, I mean, their their, their draft didn't thrill me, but I think it's still, I think it was still a good solid draft. I think they made some good picks, added some players. So, um, yeah, I think a B minus is a fair grade for them.
1: All right, Carolina Panthers are up next on the clock. And um, Matt Rule, uh, here's what surprised me about Matt Rule. He didn't draft a single offensive player with his selections. It was all about defense. Obviously, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater uh, to be their quarterback. They have Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be a weapon for them for the next three to four years as long as they can ride him but every pick in the 2020 nfl draft was on the defensive side of the ball and with the first round pick they went with the big defensive tackle from auburn Derek brown
0: yeah i i really like Derek brown i think i think he's he's been for the last two years he's been a top 10 pick um you know he could have come out he could have come out a year before and and still been a top 10 pick uh this is you know this is, I mean, he th- that was a very good defensive tackle draft. So maybe waiting a year, you know, ensures that he goes in the top ten. Um, you know, Yedzer Matos, I didn't like his original tape, as you know, sort of his uh, junior tape. But when when I got to his senior tape, I I was really kind of much more impressed. He you know he he kind of developed into the player that I thought he could have been. Um, I think he'll be more of a situational pass rusher to start, um, and then I think he'll kind of develop more into that you know four man front for them. All
1: right, so you you mentioned the big Penn State defensive lineman and, you know, the Carolina Panthers needed to address the defensive line and spent the first two picks uh, addressing that. And then with another pick um, on day two, they went with Jeremy Chin, the, the safety out of Southern Illinois, the big safety who, you know, is a big hitter and also has a very good coverage ability. He's able to line up in the slot, so he gives him that versatility on the back end.
0: Yeah, I like Jeremy Chin. I thought he did really well from a workout point of view. I, I think he's a really good athlete. Um, he was one of the guys I interviewed at the Senior Bowl. Um, I he, he kind of struck me as a very confident kid. You know, just everything he said is, you know, I'm going to go out there and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, dominate. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, I thought he was a really confident kid. And I think, I think he. Uh, I, I, th- I think a lot of teams like, will like him, and I, I think I think he's going to be a good pro. All right, let's move on to what they did later on in the draft. Troy Pride was
1: a guy you actually were fond of. Um, I thought he was a bit soft, Ed. Uh, I liked what he did on those shorter routes. I think he's one of the, the better coached cornerbacks in this draft when it comes to, to covering slant routes, but... I thought he was a bit soft and he was beaten quite a bit downfield, considering that he has that track speed, but I know you were fond of Troy Pride, the cornerback out of Notre Dame
0: yeah i I really like him I think he's the kind of guy you you know you you keep as a backup you know you draft him in the fourth round and you you kind of keep him around as a backup and he and you know you need you need a roster full of good players and I think one thing he helps you i think he i think he can help you as a corner I think he helps you in the return game. And so you know he can he can wear some hats for you and um, I I think th- I think this is this is a role player, but uh, yeah I, I I support the pick in the fourth round.
1: Uh, Kenny Robinson, the the safety out of West Virginia, was uh, a pick on day three. It was an interesting selection because Kenny Robinson was dismissed from the Mountaineers, and then he decided to go to the XFL and where he actually played in a few games and was one of the better defensive players in the league. He plays. He played for St. Louis Battlehawks, and here he is getting drafted by the Carolina Panthers, and uh, he had a good career at, at West Virginia. I thought he was a ball hog. What do you think about this pick?
0: Um, it doesn't, doesn't totally excite me. Uh, I understand it as a fifth-round pick, but not not really a pick that totally excites me. I don't know if this is the kind of guy I would go after. I, I just, you know, you should know is just I'm, I'm picky about what I like in, in, in strong and safeties. And so, um, you know, I, 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 this, this just kind of wasn't the guy I was looking for. Then the next pick by Matt Rule was actually he went
1: with the player that he was very familiar with. He picked up a, a nose tackle from Baylor. Matt Rule was obviously a head coach. Uh, with Baylor that was Bravian Roy Uh, he got another defensive lineman it's just it seems to be the theme of the Carolina Panthers draft they want to be able to get be more physical up front win in the trenches stop the run and that seemed to be the the theme Uh, they drafted three defensive linemen in the in their first NFL draft together uh, where Matt Rule was in charge
0: yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the game is won up front, and they, you know, sometimes you know teams are built on great defenses. Um, they're just the only question is, is that, uh, you know, did did they get anything on? Did they get enough on offense? I mean, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be taking on a new situation, but you know, what if, what you know, he, he has some pieces around him, but is it is it enough to be really a a very good? a very good offense in this league. I mean, a, you know, they could be a good defensive team, but, you know, you need to be a good offensive team to be a good team in this league.
1: But I do think they have some weapons. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey is their biggest weapon, obviously. He, he catches so many balls out of the backfield. They can line him up in the slot. Um, he is that Saquon Barkley, that Marshall Falk, that just runs with the football. And, you know, this guy can, can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can make 10 catches a game. I mean, it's very easy that he's going to come up with like 90, 100 catches next year. I just have no doubt about it. I'm sure Brady is just going to force feed him out there. But as far as wide receiver goes, I mean, they have DJ Moore. He's been a nice piece. He's gotten better every year that he's been in the league and that he's been there for two years. Uh, They brought in Robbie Anderson, who they signed. Obviously, he's going to be that deep threat. And they still have Samuel, uh, who's going to be that slot receiver. So I'm sure the Carolina Panthers are going to use a first or a second round pick on a wide receiver next year. But I do think they have enough, enough weapons for Teddy Bridgewater to move forward. But that defense needed help. And this is the reason why the Panthers just went defensive heavy. And the last pick in this nfl draft was stanley thomas oliver he's got a great story he was actually a wide receiver at fiu he switched to cornerback the last two years and this guy's got 4-4 speed he's a confident man-to-man corner uh who was at the scouting combine and this guy was well traveled he was at the tropical bowl he was at the shrine game he made it all the way to uh, to the scouting combine in Indy, um, kind of a an interesting piece here, a developmental type of cornerback in the seventh round.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I always think. I mean, generally, if you go from the Tropical Bowl to the Shrine Game, I mean, you 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 showed that you can practice. You know, you showed that you, you know, you're really you really want to be a pro. And I mean, sometimes sometimes you know, especially with those seventh round guys, it's you know who wants it more as opposed to you know who's who's better. You know. I mean, you know, you're if you're every top four or five pick, uh, you know, of the team, you know, you're probably going to make the team. But you know, guys like guys in the seventh round, it's it's whether you want it or not. All right, what's your grade
1: for the Carolina Panthers? Does uh, does Matt Rule get a high enough grade and in,
0: in his first NFL draft? You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go back to the B minus. think I think he got I think he got some good pieces. Um, I thought I, I didn't think it was you know a, a really a hard hitting draft, but I thought I thought he I thought he made good picks where he was supposed to, and um, so yeah. I'm I'm but I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them an A. I, I didn't think they they really made the sexiest picks. The New Orleans Saints are
1: up next. Uh, Sean Payton. Only had four picks in the 2020 NFL draft. And and the first pick, they went with an offensive lineman from Michigan. You and I are going to disagree here because I thought Cesar Ruiz from the center from Michigan was the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. I thought he was very good uh, as far as his feet. I thought he was athletic. I thought he was very good in pass protection. But I know you weren't a big fan of this pick
0: yeah i i just thought he was kind of overrated for their centers i i know i know that the draft you know a lot of the media had him as a first round guy and I didn't really see a first round guy I saw more of a day two guy uh in him um but you know that doesn't mean they had a terrible draft i mean it, it wasn't it wasn't awful i mean i think he's gonna slide in and play uh guard for them so um you know i mean they they get us they get a starter in the first round so you have to credit them with that but uh i don't know i don't know if this is gonna be I don't know if this is going to be you know, a guy who's really going to be a great lineman in the NFL. Well, he's definitely going to play offensive guard
1: for them because uh, last year they drafted Eric McCoy in the second round, and he was one of the better offensive linemen as a rookie. He played center, and they just released Larry Warford. Um, they let him go after the draft, and it's pretty clear that they want to go with the young um, Michigan offensive lineman and offensive guard. Then with the third round pick, they went with Zach Bond, a linebacker from Wisconsin. And you know what, Ed? If it wasn't for that failed drug test, uh, this guy would have been taken a lot higher than the third round.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think this guy was like a late first rounder, early second rounder. Um, you know, I really liked his tape. I thought I think he's a great linebacker. Um, you know, Sean Payton, you know, has kind of got that tough mentality, and so um you know he he's gonna he's gonna like a Zach Bond um so yeah I I, you know I heard him talk about this pick and I think he's gonna really like this pick I I, this might be this might be the best bargain that they got because I don't know I mean you know he's had failed drug tests but I don't know I don't know if Zach Bond is really the biggest knucklehead you know what I mean just such a knucklehead that you couldn't take him in the first or second round
1: with the third round pick at the end of the third round, they went with my number one tight end from Dayton, Adam Troutman. I know you weren't as big of a fan, but I just felt like, you know, he proved everything to me at the Senior Bowl. When small school guys compete and stand out among the big boys, whether it's at the Shrine Game or the Senior Bowl or the PA Bowl, uh, I put them a lot higher, and that's the reason Adam Troutman jumped for me. After the Senior Bowl, from going as he, yeah, I think he was like my number three, number four tight end going into the Senior Bowl. Out of the Senior Bowl, he was he jumped all the way to number one, and it didn't deter me when he ran a four eight at the combine. Just because I think he is more quick than fast, and he's got good hands, and, and I think he's going to develop as a route runner, and he's a big time target in the end zone. So Adam Troutman, I think, was you know an eight plus pick here at the end of the third round.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's an A plus pick, but I think they got him at the right place. I think that's what I think that's the point. I think he was a good tight end, and I think to take him in the third round, I think you get him you get him at a at a little bit of a a little bit of a bargain compared to you know sort of where the media had him. I guess where I, I see him as overrated is there was a lot of media who had him as like a top ten, top twenty guy. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of that, but <laughs> I mean, you know that that's how high they were rating this guy. He was in my top 50, and um,
1: I didn't have a first-round grade on him, but I did, wouldn't have a problem taking him in the second round. He was my number one tight end. But we, you and I talked about this. I mean, the tight ends, uh, this wasn't a sexy draft when it comes to tight ends. The 2021 draft is going to be really good at the top. They, they've got a couple of special kids there, one from Penn State, Pat Fryermuth, and the Florida tight end. Kyle Pitts. With the last pick in the 2020 NFL draft, Sean Payton couldn't stay away from taking a quarterback. It seems like he he's collecting these quarterbacks. He's got Drew Brees at least for another year. He brought in Jameis Winston for a year to kind of help him resurrect his career. He's got Taysom Hill there as his Mr. Versatility. They can do a number of things. But he went with Tommy Stevens, who was a transfer from Penn State. Who played at Mississippi State? Um, I guess from what Sean Payton says, he sees a little Taysom Hill in him.
0: Yeah, I, I, the 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 thought that I had about him was he wasn't quite Taysom Hill. I thought he was more of like your scout team quarterback. You know, he has the running ability, you know, the passing ability to to sort of run the practice squad. You know, you could he could sort of emulate different types of quarterbacks that they're facing different weeks. So. I think this is a guy who goes to the practice squad and runs the scout team.
1: All right. Obviously, only four picks, like I mentioned before, uh, for the Saints in this draft. What's your grade for them?
0: Uh, You know, I give them a solid B. Um, I I like the Zach Bond pick. I thought they got good value for Adam Troutman. They didn't have a lot of picks, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, I didn't think I didn't think they had any like terrible terrible picks. I, think, I mean I think I think all the guys they took will will be around um, you know, at least a year or two. So um, you know if if they had a lot more picks I, I'd grade them a little harder. But um, you know they 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 didn't have many picks. So I, I give them benefit of the doubt. Last team on the
1: agenda in the AFC, NFC South um, NFC South is uh, the Tampa Bay Bucs. Um, Bruce Arians finally got his quarterback in Tom Brady. Uh, they brought in Gronkowski. I mean, it looks like it's Super Bowl or bust for the Bucks this year, especially because their offense is extremely scary. Tom Brady fi- finally has a few toys to play with in uh, Mike Evans and, and Godwin. And they had a good draft, Ed. With the first pick, they decided to move up one spot. They traded up, and they picked up an Iowa right tackle, Tristan Wharf.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a pick. You know, this is one of the best athletes who's come out of the draft. Um, you know, d- did really well at the combine. Um, you know, had good tape. I think I think he's a right tackle, but that's that's what the Bucks needed. They needed a right tackle more than a left tackle. So, um, you know, they traded up for him. But um, you know, they've they've basically completed their offense, and now, you know, I, I don't know about the Bucks defense yet, but I I, I, li- I like what I see out of the Bucks offense this year. With the second-round pick, they went with Antoine Winfield Jr.,
1: safety out of Minnesota, who's finally healthy in 2019. Man, this guy, this guy's a ball hawk. Uh, came up with a lot of picks last year after being injured in 2017, 2018. I think the only knock on him is his size and his durability, but the ball skills, the instincts, uh, just his ability to, to hit the opposing receiver in the mouth, it's just... I love a lot about Antoine Winfield Jr.'s game, and he reminds me of his father when he played with the Minnesota Vikings and the Bills. Uh, who was who played at Ohio State and had a long career. I love this pick in the second round. What do you think of Keyshawn Vaughn, the, the Vanderbilt running back, going in the third round? It seems like the Bucks still try to find that complete running back that that could carry the ball, you know, fifteen, twenty times a game. They still haven't found that guy.
0: Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't really excite me, especially for a third round pick. I mean, I think he's he's more of a guy you get like as a fifth or sixth rounder. I think that's the kind of grade I would put on him. So I wasn't too excited about that pick. But I know you were excited about
1: the the fifth round pick. Another player from Minnesota, uh Tyler Johnson, the the slot receiver who, who runs really good routes.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh I, I, I think he you know, he's a slot guy, he has good hands. Um He's still he's still a little bit of an unknown. I think he didn't, you know, he didn't run a full route tree, but um yeah, I mean you, you need those types of guys, you know, those guys who can win the slot battles and um yeah, I, th- I think Tyler Johnson it, it could be an instant contributor. Maybe not, maybe not an instant, maybe not the first guy to be your slot guy, but maybe your second guy and I think he can get in there, especially in like four receiver sets, you know, if you want to put two slot guys on the field.
1: When you look in the on their at their day three picks, you realize that Tyler Johnson was probably the, the best pick for the Bucks on day three. So when you look at their draft, you know, obviously the expectations are at an all-time high, especially when you bring in arguably the, the best quarterback to ever play the game, and then you bring in arguably the best tight end to ever play uh, the game. What do you think? Um, how high is the grade for the Tampa Bay Bucks?
0: You know, i i give them i give them a B plus just because they, uh, you know, I think they get Tristan Wirfs. I think they completed their their uh, team. Um, you know what? I might bring that down to a B minus. I mean, I just their draft wasn't that great, but I just I, I really like what they've done there this off season. You know, it's just what the additions they made, and I think I think their draft picks kind of just add to the, you know, they just kind of put the pieces in, you know, the backup pieces and the depth pieces. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to actually stick to more of a B-minus with this pick.
1: Well, let's move on to the AFC South. And the first team on tap, had, it's the Houston Texans, who had an abysmal offseason. And obviously, I mean, O'Brien just made it personal by trading away DeAndre Hopkins when it seemed like Hopkins just wanted to raise and uh, Bill O'Brien just acted like a childish kid uh, in terms of trading him away for almost peanuts um, out there. And uh, the Houston Texans didn't have a first-round pick in this draft, but the first pick that they had was the 40th pick in the second round, and they went with the defensive tackle slash defensive end. I think Ross Blacklock out of TCU is versatile enough to, to play different positions. Um, what would
0: you think of that pick? yeah I really I really like the draft Ross Blacklock pick. I think that was a nice pick especially in the second round. Um, I think I think Ross Blacklock, you know what if he was in the first round I wouldn't question it. I wouldn't question it.
1: And then I, I got to give it to you Ed uh, you you love the guy that they chose in the third round so I'll let you introduce him and and talk about him.
0: Yeah, I mean I thought Jonathan Grenard, I mean I, I guess you know, when I talked to him at the senior bowl, I told him, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you you kinda get that sneaky strength and he kinda laughed and he said, Yeah, that's that's kinda how I would put it. You know, he's he's strong, you know, but he's uh you know, he's a good pass rusher. I think he wins battles. Um you know, he, he isn't like a freaky athlete, um, you know, like a lot of these Florida guys. And so I think that's probably why he dropped down to the third round, but you know, this is a guy who could play the defensive end position. I'll probably play defensive end for the te- for the Texans. Um but yeah, he he could he could drop back into being an outside linebacker in their system too. Um so yeah, I, re- I really like Jonathan Grenard. I'm not sure he's
1: fluid enough to to hold up in pass coverage out there. He ran a 487 at the combine. He's a 48 guy. It's going to be tough. I think he can get after the quarterback, and that's going to be his specialty. I'm just not sure he's going to be a three-down linebacker in that 3-4 scheme. I just have my question marks about him. I think his specialty is going to be on third down. Uh, they had three day three picks. Charlie Heck, offensive tackle from North Carolina, who we saw at the Senior Bowl. John Reed out of Penn State, uh, another, another solid player. And then Isaiah Coulter. Uh, in the fifth round out of Rhode island uh who was who was your favorite pick out of those three selections
0: i wasn't i wasn't too happy with their day three selections, but i do is as, as opposed to their day two selections but i I do think Charlie heck can kind of help them um you know they need a lot of help on the offensive line still um so you know they're they're not a finished product on the offensive line, and so you know getting a like a guy like Charlie heck makes a lot of sense i mean that was the be- best pick of the of those rounds, but yeah, I mean, uh, John Reed and Isaiah Coulter don't don't excite me as much.
1: All right, what's your overall grade for the Houston Texans?
0: I give them a B because I think I think they made some really good picks in, in, on day two. All right, in fact, so, I, in fact, in fact, I think they're one of the winners of day two.
1: All right, so Bill O'Brien bounces back out here in the eyes of Ed Hunt. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll ever bounce back. In the eyes of Houston Texans fans out there, by trading away one of the the best players uh, for that team in the last five years, but
0: well, it's, well you know, it you know, seems while, like he while just. While we're on the topic of, I mean, I just while we're on the topic of defending Bill O'Brien, I mean, he wanted DeAndre Hopkins wanted to leave the Texans, so I mean, he he was kind of in a no win situation. Like I
1: said, if if they had a
0: disagreement and Hopkins
1: asked for a trade. You could do a lot better than just giving up a second-round pick for one of the best receivers in the game, who's still in his prime. This isn't like he's over 30 or something like that, Ed. I mean, he still has legitimately five good years, if not more. So I'm sure Kyler Murray and Arizona Cardinals are happy. But this is what Bill O'Brien does. I mean, he didn't pay Jadamian Clowney. He didn't pay DeAndre Hopkins. He... He's kind of playing that game like Bill Belichick. He doesn't pay his stars. The only thing is Bill Belichick wins every year by letting these guys go, and Bill O'Brien just hasn't won anything. He's only, uh, when he gets that chance, he only blows leads like he did well, with the, he, the Kansas he's, City
0: he's, he's, he's been in some playoff games, though. And Bill did, O'Brien he, 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 is one
1: of the more overrated coaches out there, and. I well, just, I
0: mean, I, I thought he did a good job with Penn State, and I think I think he's I think he's he's, he's up things at uh, in Houston. I mean, he you know he's he's had some injuries to J.J. Watt. He's done a good job of keeping them above value. I mean, I didn't think Deshaun Watson would never be the quarterback he's become. So, and they've been a playoff team the last couple of years. So, I, I I think you're being too hard on Bill O'Brien.
1: Maybe, maybe I just don't think he's a good coach, and um, I think he's going to regret the fact that. He let DeAndre Hopkins go, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to be hurt by this. Um, I just, I I don't see it. Plus, they didn't add a wide receiver in this deep draft, except for Isaiah Coulter. Um, I don't think that guy's going to even make the team. All right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts, and let's not forget that the Colts gave up a first-round pick for DeForest Buckner in order to make their defensive line better. So... I thought that was one of the best moves out there. Obviously, the 49ers were able to, they cut bait because they realized that they couldn't pay DeForest Buckner uh, because they had some other guys to take care of on the defensive line. But Buckner has been one of the better players. He's the guy that made Nick Bosa better during his rookie year just because teams worry about DeForest Buckner on the inside. So let's factor this in as well. The Colts traded a first round pick for. One of the better defensive linemen, defensive tackles in the game, and DeForest Buckner. And then with the second round pick, they went with one of the best wide receivers that N and I believe, um, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC was one of the better picks at the top of the second round.
0: Yeah, I think th- I think they got a good pick, and I think that they- I think they had a good second round just overall. Um, you know, this is this is a team that's going for it too. I mean, just just. I mean, you look at the picks they're making. This is a team that's not not trying to win in five years, you know what I'm saying? This is a team that's trying to win now. So, uh, Michael Pittman, nice pick, you know, good tall receiver, good route runner. Um, I think he's going to be a good pro. And then they went with one of your favorite offensive
1: players in this draft, Ed. I mean, you're a a big proponent of Jonathan Taylor, uh, the Wisconsin running back.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I think you make him your bell cow right away and you uh you give him the ball. And you know what, he may not have as long of a career as, you know, some some other previous running backs. He's you know, he's not gonna be Frank Gore for you, but you know what? He he is a great runner and he you know what, he, he was always in the Heisman talk in college and um, you know, he, he did a great job, you know, running behind that uh Wisconsin offensive line and uh, you know, he he was just a great runner. I thought he was a great athlete and um you know, I I, th- I think if he, if he didn't carry the ball so much, he would have been a first-round pick.
1: Third-round pick, Julian Blackman. Might have gone a little bit higher. He has the versatility to play quarterback or safety. Now, he tore his ACL in December. Uh,
0: Third-round pick for Julian Blackman. Safety out of Utah. You know, the the thing that bothers me about him is I just don't like Julian Blackman's zone coverage in college. And so uh, I'm not a big fan of this third-round pick. All right, in the
1: fourth round, I mean, the Colts drafted a quarterback. I mean, they needed to find a young guy because they obviously signed Phillip Rivers for a year, but they need to develop a younger quarterback. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback of the future. Well, I'm sure the Colts are hoping that Washington quarterback Jacob Eason is the guy and is the guy that they could develop in who they selected in the fourth round?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think he makes it on the roster. I think he's kind of your number three guy, and um, you know, you just hope you just hope he can figure out his accuracy. Um, I. I I don't I don't I don't know if i don't know if this pick will ever work out but it was an interesting it was an interesting idea you know to develop him I mean you, obviously you got Phil rivers in the short term and you know jo- Jacoby Brissett can can step in and maybe he might have to step in you know when Phil rivers is done but you know you you, you roll the dice with Jacob Eason and see if he uh if he could if he could rev- eventually take over for this team because this team's going to be looking for a quarterback in the next couple of years if Jacob Eason doesn't do it
1: uh, they obviously had um, five, uh, besides Jacob Eason, they had five day three picks. My favorite day three pick uh, was Danny Pinter, um, offensive guard from Ball State, just because he's very athletic and very strong, and he proved that at the Combine. And I just think you know, when you take a chance on day three, sometimes you have to go with an athlete that they could develop, and this is what the Colts did. Did you like any
0: any other picks on day three? I like Robert Windsor from Penn State. I really like his hand fighting. You know, hand fighting guys. I mean, that's a that's a big part of the game and so um you know, I the, the the Robert Windsor pick intrigues me. All right, the Colts.
1: The Indianapolis Colts, obviously they they won day 2. And we mentioned this, Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor in the second round. What's your overall grade for the Colts?
0: You know, I give them I give them a B. Uh you know they they didn't they didn't totally turn everything around, but I th- I think they made I think they made some nice picks that you know could really help them.
1: Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they had two first round picks, and they decided to get just better athletes on the team. This is a team that, that needed to get playmakers, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, and. It seems like the theme of their draft, especially early, was just playmakers with speed and athleticism. And with the ninth pick, they went with the cornerback from Florida, C.J. Henderson, who was my number one corner on the board. And then with the 20th pick in the first round, it was Caleb on Jason, the, the edge rusher from LSU.
0: Yeah, I I like the C.J. Henderson pick. You know, he did well from a measurable standpoint. You know, guy with great speed. Um, you know, it, it was a, it was a little bit of a surprise to see him go at nine, but at the same time, I mean, I defend the pick. I don't I don't, I don't think this is a miss pick. Um, when you go to number twenty, Clavon on. I really like him as a pass rusher, Alex. I mean, I know you are not a fan of him, but I, 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 this guy, this guy can rush the passer, and you got you got uh, Josh Allen on one side, and you got Clayvon Chason on the other. And I mean, if they these guys can develop, I mean, this team can have a very good pass rush, and you know this team has a history, especially in recent years, of having great defenses.
1: I hope so, Ed. I hope so because I think that offense is. I mean, they tried to trade away uh, Leonard Fournette. It didn't work out. How happy is he going to be? How professional is he going to be, considering that he had his best season as a pro up to date, knowing that the team was openly uh, trading him away? And that that defense has got to raise up because they didn't draft a quarterback. Ed Gardner Minshew is the guy that they're rolling with, and uh, it's just it's going to be interesting. This defense. Has to rise up like they did a few years back in order for the Jacksonville Jaguars to have a sort of a chance, even in this division. Uh, Devon Hamilton, defensive tackle from Ohio State, was uh, the third round pick. And I forgot about the second round pick, Ed. LaVisca Chenault, your boy out of Colorado, goes here with the 42nd overall pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of LaVisca Chenault. Uh... You know he's he he was a he was very gadgety at Colorado, and so I mean it'll be interesting to see how he evolves as a pro receiver. But I mean this guy this guy was probably the best receiver in Colorado history.
1: You know I mentioned Devon Hamilton. Then in the fourth round they went with Ben Barch, who played left tackle, uh, Saint John's University from Minnesota, uh, Division three school. He was a left tackle there. I think he projects. Uh, as an interior offensive lineman at the next level.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think I disagree with other draftnicks when I, when I say he's he's an interior guard. Um, I think I've seen other draftnicks say he's a he's a tackle, but I'm gonna I I think he's an inside guy, he's a big guy on the inside, and I think he'll be a bully.
1: Who did you like out of their uh, day three picks other than Barge? I mean, Josiah Scott, the cornerback from Michigan State, Shakil Quarterman. Linebacker from Miami, Daniel Thomas, safety out of Auburn, Colin Johnson, wide receiver from Texas, uh, Jake Lutton, uh, quarterback from Oregon State, Tyler Davis, tight end from Georgia Tech, and Christopher Clay Brooks, uh, the fast quarterback out of Memphis in the seventh round. I'm sure you love the, the Colin Johnson pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I've been talking about him for a couple of years, and uh, I mean, he's a real tall receiver, and so um, you know that that get that height advantage, you know, makes him hard to cover, and so um, you know, and and they're not going to expect him to be their you know their number one or number two or even number three receiver, but you know, as a number four receiver, I mean, he 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 could really help your team, and he could really be a mismatch.
1: So he's never going to get on the field, Ed. All right, that's cool. Um, Uh,
0: with the injuries in the NFL he'll get on the field
1: (laughs) all right I hope so I mean I hope he reverts back to the Colin Johnson that we saw as a junior other than what he did as a senior because I thought his senior tape was average at best yeah he had some flashes at the senior bowl but they were just flashes it's not like he was dominant so what's your overall grade for the Jacksonville Jaguars
0: I give them a B minus. I thought they made some nice picks. Uh, there were some ones that I wasn't as excited about. Um, you know, there. They, I feel like they had a lot of picks on day three, and I think they could have hit on a few more guys. But um, you know, I, other than Colin Johnson, I'm not too excited about a lot of the other guys.
1: By the way, I've noticed the trend. You just you love that B minus grade. I,
0: I I mean, I just I just thought a lot of teams. That's kind of the draft that they had. It's
1: almost like. All right, a C plus is going to be too harsh, but B minus doesn't sound too bad. It's almost like in school. I mean, you would much rather get a B minus on an exam, whether it's high school or college, instead of pulling that that C plus.
0: I mean, I, I give a B minus to someone who did the job, but you know, they didn't really like, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, you know, gain ground on their on their division. You know, I think that's the way I see it.
1: All right. So I guess based on those grades, I mean a lot of teams and during our last two podcasts just did a solid job but didn't get those those big time difference makers. All right, final team on the agenda. And Ed, I'm sure the Tennessee Titans they they want to get out of this hole. They want to hear you're not going to give them a B minus.
0: They either want they either want to get a C. They either
1: want to get a C plus or a solid B. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll find out out of here, but I think they're going to be generous to the Tennessee Titans, and with the with the late first round pick, with the 29th ninth overall selection, they went with the other offensive tackle, the right tackle, the redshirt sophomore Isaiah Wilson from Georgia.
0: Yeah, i I think I think he's going to be, uh, I think I think he's you know he's the Titans' right tackle for you know going forward. At, you know they got Taylor Lawan on the other side. Um, I I, I like this pick. I think the reason they got him where they did was because this is a very good tackle class, and this was a good year to build up your your tackles. So um, I credit Isaiah Wilson with uh, the the draft he had.
1: And they're hoping. um, They're hoping that he can develop because Jack Conklin has moved on. He was a very good right tackle for the Tennessee Titans. I know that Dennis Kelly is slated to take over for the departed Jack Conklin, but we all know that Wilson is the guy of the future for the Tennessee Titans, and they're hoping that he can develop a lot faster. Um, with the second-round pick, let let you introduce this player. I know you've been a big fan of his for the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, I, I just really like Christian Fulton's tape. You know, I really love those LSU uh, corners. You know, they're just great cover corners. Uh you know, they, they always have, the, 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 you know, it's not always great hype, but they're always the most skilled uh, cover guys. And so, uh, you know, Christian Fultz another good pick. You know, obviously there's the marijuana story and how he got suspended for a year. And uh, I mean, that's probably the only reason why he's a second round pick. With the
1: third round selection, they went with the speedy running back out of Appalachian State, Darrington Evans.
0: Yeah, I, I thought this was a good pick. Um, you know he, he's he's uh, he's 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 a guy who brings good speed, um, and I think I think he can kind of be that speed back. You know, maybe change the pace a little bit. Um, you know, maybe not. Maybe will not be like you know your Derrick Henry starter, but you know you bring you bring you bring Derrick, Derrick Henry to bring the lumber, and then you bring in Derrick Darrington Evans to kind of bring the lightning, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's you gotta have two backs in this league and. Derek Henry is is the power back, and Darrington Evans can can be that guy who can hit the home run, and he can also help as a returner as well. They had three selections on day three. Who uh, who was your uh, favorite selection there?
0: Um, you know, Laurel Murchison did pretty well at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, he's a he was he he didn't come from the you know, well, he came from a power five school, but. Um, you know, I th- I thought I thought he I thought he held the zone at the Senior Bowl. So he's probably my favorite. I guess, you know, when you talk about Cole McDonald, um, you know, interesting name, but I I don't know how much of an NFL career he's going to have. I mean, maybe he sticks around, you know, maybe be a scout team quarterback for a couple of years, but I don't I don't uh I don't see him really having a long career.
1: Well, they're hoping that Cole McDonald has Cole McDonald has a long career because who's their backup quarterback there, man? I mean, the Tennessee Titans need to get somebody behind Ryan Tannehill, who, was, who wasn't the most durable quarterback when he was with the Miami Dolphins. And history repeats itself. All right, you promised me that the Tennessee Titans weren't going to get a B minus. I know we talked earlier um, in the previous shows. I know you were uh, pretty high on the Tennessee Titans draft.
0: Yeah, I, I give them an A minus. I like I like the Isaiah Wilson pick. Great pick, you know, starter. I think Christian Fulton can be a starter for you too. Um, Darrington Evans. I mean, I, I think he, he'll be. He. I, I think he really. He really is their their number two back. So, um, you know, this is already uh, this is an already good team that went pretty far with Ryan Tannehill last year, and so I think I think they I think they've they've put themselves in a good position to be um, very much the. Uh, you know AFC South winners and obviously you know you got you got the Colts who you know added Phillip Rivers and they're going to be competitive so this is going to be a good division you know the 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 Texans have been to the playoffs the past couple of years so uh this isn't this is this is going to be this is going to be another tight battle
1: yeah i think it's going to be a competitive division but i do think it's going to come down to the Colts the Colts and the Titans in this division i think those to me are the two clear-cut uh, runaway trains. I just don't think the Texans are going to be as competitive. I think the Jaguars are, are lacking a bit. and we'll, we'll see if they have that Gardner Minshew magic in, in 2020. Ed, it seems like we're going to have an NFL season. People are optimistic. Um, NFL is, is going to come back pretty soon. It seems like the NCAA is opening up doors and training facilities. And they're fairly optimistic. There are a number of programs, FCS programs, Division two programs, and everybody's optimistic that they'll get back to to practicing in July. So hallelujah, Ed.
0: Hallelujah, and damn, do we need the NFL right now, <laughs> and college football too, and college football too. I mean, not not to, I mean, I I I really, I really, I mean. I would be really sad if we if we lost part of the season this year. I mean, this is this is something I, I think I think uh, you know with the COVID nineteen you know with it taking about a year to get a vaccine, um, you know it's it's going to be a tough winter. And I think I think if the one thing they can do for the fans is you know give them football, you know give them something to get off their mind. Yeah, we just
1: need sports in general. I hope the NBA is going to return. I hope they have we have the NHL playoffs. I know that. Gary Bettman has discussed that. We will have football season, and it's just sports brings people together, and uh, it's always fun following your favorite team or or watching football on, on Saturday and Sunday. Thank you for listening to another episode of BlitzCast. Take care.